With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Requires a degree of humility. You, you have to have searched the inventory of your own resources and come to the conclusion that you cannot do this by yourself. You have to have gone through your friends and family and decided that they are just as impotent to resolve the issues as you are. And finally, in exasperation, looked up to the hills from which cometh your help and said, if you don't do this, this can't be done. Lord, I need you to. Romans 8 says, for we know not what we should pray for as we are. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings and moanings that cannot be uttered. There are some times that we need God to do something, but we don't know exactly what we need Him to do. We just know that things could be better. And when you begin to recognize that things can be better and you go to Him, the very fact that you go to Him is a praise. You don't have to say hallelujah, thank you Jesus, glory to God, I bless your name, I lift you up in order to praise God. The very fact that you ask him to help you is a praise. See, I would never ask a bag lady to loan me $100,000 because I would never think that she had it. If I ask you for something, it's a sign that I believe that I believe that you can do it. The very fact that you just shouted, Lord, help us, is a sign that you are convinced that the one you asked for help is able. In case the person next to you doesn't know, just touch them and say, he is able to help you. Yes, he is able to help you. He is able to help me. He is able to help my situation. He is able to help my circumstance. In fact, the Bible says that he is a present help in the time of trouble. Not coming, not fixing to, not deciding to, but that he is Jehovah Shammah. He is right there. He is available. He is present, manifest in your crisis, in your dilemma to deliver you. Somebody say, yes, Lord. And if he does not help us, we are of all men most miserable. Touch your neighbor and say something would happen if we would pray. Something would happen if we would pray. I believe in miracles. Pastor Randy, Pastor, I believe in miracles. I believe that if we would really go back to praying, rather than just programming, I believe that God would touch the sick and loose the bound and set the captive free. I believe that we go back to praying again. I don't think it's so important how good we preach. I've heard enough great preachers. 
I've been preaching 30 years. I've heard enough great preachers. I don't want to hear you talk about what God can do. Show me. He's asking you to receive. When they came to Jesus and they said, the people that are with you are hungry, he said, oh good, that's capacity. I will release a fly. Register today and meet us in Dallas. The problem is, this man who comes to Jesus blames everybody for his situation. I came to your disciples, and they could not deliver my son. The scribes are all gathered around. They're blaming one another. He comes to Jesus and says, if you can do anything, you know, take a stab at this. I'm not sure about you either. And Jesus puts the onus of responsibility back on him. If thou canst believe, he says, you can receive the gift of God. He said, it is not about my disciples. It's not about the conflicted world. He says, this is about you. If you can believe, you can receive the power of God. Somebody shout power. What I'm trying to move, what I'm trying to do is move you from religion to relationship. Religion will never change the issue. I want to know, do you have a vibrant, functional relationship with God? Whether you're on the mountain or in the valley, whether you're in the penthouse or you're a janitor, do you have the relationship with God that rebukes the enemy off of your life? And then the father of the child says, well, I do and I don't. Uh, <laughs> funny you should mention that, Lord. <laughs> I believe you. On the surface, I believe you. I wear all kinds of signs of believing you. Crosses around my neck. Ectus on my car. Bible in my hand. One-way sign driving down the road. I've got all the signs of believing you. But the problem is beneath all of these superficial signs, there is an area of unbelief that is working against me. Why, I want to ask you, is Jesus talking to the Father when it is the child who is throwing himself in the fire and in the water? 
suggest to you that the manifestation that you see in, a, in the child is a derivative from the struggle you see in the father. Uh-oh. I'm going to lose some of you now. Because you don't understand that the things that do appear in your life are not made from the things that do appear. You cannot rebuke a conflict on the outside while you have a conflict yourself on the inside. That's why the enemy wants to keep you conflicted all of your life because you cannot speak peace to a circumstance if you don't have peace. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. Haven't you always wondered why Peter could not speak peace to the winds and the waves when the boat was caught up in the hurricane? Peter couldn't speak peace because Peter was conflicted himself. But look at Jesus, who was asleep in the bottom of the boat. You know you got faith when you can be in a storm and still go to sleep. You know you've got faith when you can say, though he slay me, yet shall I trust him. You know you've got faith when you can hear what the enemy said and not even respond to the criticism because you know that God, who has began a good work in you, shall perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. to God that somebody would get rid of that last little bit of doubt, that last little bit of fear, that last little bit of timidity that's stopping you from stepping over into the supernatural power of God. I wish you would just shake it loose and say, if God doesn't do it, it cannot be. I'm getting rid of my doubts. I'm getting rid of my worry. I'm getting rid of my frustration.
the fire and off into the water. In other words, if it's not this, it's that. If you're not going through this over here, you're going through something over there. But how many can believe God that it stops tonight in the name of Jesus? When the Father confronted his situation, Jesus immediately laid hands on the Son, and the Son was made whole. You know what the problem is with most believers? We have not confronted our own issues. Listen at me. Everyone standing, listen at me real good. Here's the problem. Sometimes it takes a problem in your life to make, to make you recognize the problem you have in your own heart. Maybe this text is not about the boy. Maybe it's really about the father. Maybe God is using the boy to make the father confront the conflict that he has in his own life. Sometimes trouble will make you deal with your own issues. And it'll make you say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I sort of believe, I, I sort of trust God. But I haven't really turned this thing over to God. And I cannot rebuke the conflict around me until I confront the conflict within me. I believe, sort of, I trust him, sort of, I'm through worrying about it, sort of. God says, no, I want you to become fully convinced that the problem in your life is nothing for me to resolve. That means, wait a minute, wait a minute. That means I'm through worrying about it. I'm through taking matters in my own hands. That means I'm through trying to manipulate the circumstance and the situation. I used to think, I used to think that to have a great ministry would be a great thing. To, to, to preach to a great audience like this would just be incredible. Be incredible. Let me tell you something. After 30 years of ministry, let me tell you what matters. Godliness with contentment. It's great game. If you can live a life whereby you have peace on the inside, free from the obligation and the need to impress anyone or anything, Jesus had peace in a hurricane. Asleep on a boat that they thought was about to go down. They woke him up. He wiped sleep out of his eye and rebuked the winds and waves and brought a calmness.
You know what the enemy wants? To keep all of us so busy. So busy doing the work of the Lord that we lose relationship with the Lord of the work. I speak peace to you. Peace in the name of Jesus. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Peace to your mind. Peace to your struggle. Peace to the affliction in your body. Peace to the affliction in your finances. Peace to the circumstance in your life. Yes, I speak peace in that prison. I speak peace in that dilemma. I speak peace in that marriage. Now, in the name of Jesus, I command I'm back, everybody. I'm out of time. I know you wanted to see more. I wanted to share more, but I got to go. We are all conflicted in some areas of our lives, and that conflict often holds us back from experiencing everything, I mean everything, that God has for us. But by faith, each of us can overcome those challenges. Take that word with you, and may it strengthen you and keep you till we get together again. Oh, I almost forgot. Are you coming to Megafest? I've been waiting to get your registration. I want you to sign up. I believe the Holy Spirit wants you to sign up to be a part of this meeting. There are some things that are going to be conveyed here that are going to change your life. Yes, spiritually. Yes, great preaching. Yes, great music. Yes, great worship. Yes, we're going to have the film festival, opportunities for great entertainment. But we've got some empowerment sessions that are going to empower you and all of you business people who are trying to build your businesses. Shout out to the sisters. You're trying to build your business as well. I've got some information for you that's going to take your entrepreneurial pursuit to the next level. This is a unique opportunity, once in a lifetime. You can get all of it in one place. More bang for the buck. MegaFest, mega-fest.org. Do it now. There is a reason you are watching this broadcast. There is a reason why you clicked on and said, what are all those people doing in the room? Don't touch that dial. The Holy Spirit has sent me into your house. I have a warrant for your arrest. God is getting ready to give you a complete makeover, reconstructive surgery from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Throw your hands up and say, fix me, Jesus. It is not enough that he calls you. Hear it. But you got to do the coming. Discover how to answer it. To be able to enter into a dimension that you couldn't enter into otherwise. And experience the fullness of coming into your calling. I'm going to set you in the next dimension so that you can flow into your destiny rather than to sweat in your history. For your gift to the ministry of any size, you will receive Bishop Jake's crucial message coming into your calling on CD. He will call you to do something where you say, Lord, I can't do it without you. And when your gift is $70 or more, you will receive Coming Into Your Calling on CD and the extraordinary Six Message Destiny series on DVD. I'm not looking for a Jesus I can carry. I'm looking for a Jesus that can carry me. However, when your gift is $110 or more, we will add Bishop Jake's best-selling book, Destiny, and Crucial Study Guide. Coming Into Your Calling is greater than you can imagine. Our destination, greatness. 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 
There is no place, no place, no place our dreams can't take us. We are who we want to be. We want to be who we are destined to be. A lawyer. A mother. A firefighter. Why not? A dancer. (laughs) A CEO. We can do all things. All things. We can be all things. All things. Our strength to overcome is met with grace and elegance. Our tenacity. Our tenacity is paired with patience and diligence. We endure together. We endure together through sisterhood. Because when one of us dreams, we all dream. The power of a woman, you ask. She's destined to be great. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. Feel free to reach out to us on social media and share your story of how God is impacting your life. We look forward to seeing you next time on The Potter's Dive. exaggerating when I tell you, you can be the miracle that many people thought was impossible. You can be that moment that changes everything that gives joy, just like you saw. Would you like to be a miracle in the life of many families, hundreds of families? Next on Life Today.
best days are right in front of you, and you have victory in your life because Jesus lives in you. But in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost, now Pentecost was 50 days after the resurrection. So all the disciples had been waiting for something to happen. They were waiting for revival. They were ready for it. And it says they were all in one accord in one place. Now they weren't talking about a Honda accord. It was a preacher joke. Bible joke. Not that funny. It's all good. But they were in unity. They were together. It doesn't even say they were praying. It doesn't even say they were reading the Bible. Just as they were together, they were in unity. Everybody say unity. Now, the word's breeding ground. You might be wondering, what is breeding ground? The breeding ground for revival. Breeding ground is a phrase that's used as, as something that fosters the growth or the development of something. People have said there's certain areas in the Midwest that are literally like breeding grounds, the perfect recipe in spring and fall for tornadoes. We bind those tornadoes in Jesus' name. <clears throat> but I will say this. The breeding ground for revival is unity in the church. The breeding ground for revival, we see in Acts chapter 2, what happens after this unified verse is insane. It's amazing. The Holy Spirit shows up. Tongues of fire fall on these guys. They start speaking in other languages, speaking in the Spirit. Thirteen different nations in Acts chapter 2 are represented walking around in Jerusalem near the place where these disciples are praying. There's this massive wind that just blows into the room and these guys start prophesying the wonders and miracles of God in other languages and the people that are out there in the streets, they hear the word of God being preached in their own language, their own tongue. And then they come in there and they think, man, these guys must be drunk. And Peter gets up and he goes, no, we're not drunk. Peter was one of the disciples. He said, in fact, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter preaches a message. And in that short little message, 3,000 people give their lives to Jesus. That's amazing. Next thing that happens, miracles start happening. Signs and wonders, like God does amazing things and it flows from unity. And you might say, well, yeah, unity is only in the first scripture. But the end of this chapter ends with greater unity than the, even the first verse. That at the end of chapter 2, watch what happens in verse 42. All the believers continued steadfastly together in fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayer. So all those people that just got saved, those thousands of believers, they started hanging out together. Everybody say together. It says after that that they continually daily in one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. And I know you might be wondering, what does this have to do with revival? I believe revival thrives on relationships. If revival is going to spread, it's got to spread through people that are united together. Think about it. If revival was to hit this 11 a.m. service, how would it get to the other services? It would spread through you. How would it get to our city? It would spread through you, through the people that you talk to, the people that you know. Guess what God's doing? As you start to pray for people, connect with people, revival spreads through relationships. And the breeding ground for revival is unity in the church. Last week we talked about one of the biggest obstacles to revival is sin. But one of the biggest sins that we don't recognize as a sin is division. Guys, Satan knows that revival is on the brink in this nation. And that's why there's so much divisiveness in our nation right now. That's why there's such an attack on the church to be divided, to be at odds with each other. Because when we are united, we are unstoppable against the darkness. We are unstoppable against the devil. But we must contend for unity. There is a move of God. And it's coming, ready or not. It's here. This is revival. It's coming. 
But what would your personal responsibility be? See, you can't put it all on the pastor, on volunteers or staff members to stir up that revival. All of us have a part to play. This last week, I went to go and watch our Victory Christian School boys play in the semifinal state championship 3A basketball game. Give them a big hand. They had a great season. And my wife and I, our two little boys, we were watching the game. And, man, I was reliving the glory days in my head. I was like, I want to get out on the court. I want to play. Give me the ball. Let me shoot a three. Let me dunk the basketball. I've never been able to dunk it out here, but I've always been able to dunk it in here. <laughs> the battle of the mind. Uh, but I wanted to, I wanted to participate. But I couldn't because I'm, I'm not in high school anymore. And, but yet, here's what I heard God saying. So many people in the church, they're coming like it's the basketball game at high school. Like they're just there to spectate. But I want them to get on the court. Because every week, the church is invited to participate in what God wants to do in this church, in this city, in the world. That God didn't call you to sit on the sidelines and be a spectator. God calls you to be a disciple, fully devoted to Christ, participating, engaging in bringing revival to the city. And what does that look like? That looks like reconciling relationships that are broken. That division is the, the hindrance that blocks revival. Like if God's up in heaven and there's this big tube from heaven to earth and he's trying to send revival down that tube to the church, to that city of Tulsa. And there's been prophecies over the city that revival is going to hit Tulsa like never before. And it's going to spread from the city to the United States of America. And I'm, wait, I'm ready for it. Like, I don't want to wait 40 years. I don't want to wait till I turn 50 or 60 to see it. I want to see it when I'm 31. I want to see it right now. But that tube that God's trying to send revival like the breath of God. He's trying to breathe on this city, on this church. You know what clogs up that tube more than, more than anything? I mean, it's sin, but it's division too. It's that divisiveness, it's that strife, it's that broken relationships, those easel, easily being offended and irritated at each other. When you look at the New Testament and the church and the book of Acts, it goes on chapter after chapter that they were in one accord. They were united. They were breaking bread together. They were meeting in each other's homes. That's what God wants to see here because you cannot have unity without community. You cannot have unity without community. So it begins with us building a community. I shared uh, last week that I had been in Brazil. When I was there, there was revival breaking out in this church. And it was a church of about 1,500, 2,000 people. And there was just this excitement, this electricity in the room. People were repenting and people were crying out for more of God and inviting their lost neighbors and friends to get saved. And people were getting healed and people were getting saved right there. It was powerful. But something else was happening, and I couldn't figure it out right in that moment. But my friend Daniel came with me, because I never travel alone, and so Daniel Henshaw was with me. We've grown up together, going on missions, and we were talking about it, processing it at the end, at the end of the trip. And he said, did you notice the unusual camaraderie in the church, the unusual unity? Like people were giving each other fist bumps and chest bumps and nicknames and refrigerator rights. And, and there was this excitement and there was this passion and there was this craziness and this laughter going on. And people didn't want to leave after church. They wanted to linger. They wanted to talk. They wanted to tell each other stories and catch up on life. They actually really loved each other. And Jesus said in the book of John that the, the church that's spreading revival, they will be marked by their love for one another. 
When you look in the New Testament, there's a whole lot of one another's, one another's, love one another, be kind to one another, encourage one another, meet with one another, spur one another on in, in acts of kindness, worship together with one another. You know what it doesn't say in the Bible? It doesn't say tolerate one another. Ignore one another. No, no, the cause that God's called us to be part of, it's the greatest cause in the world. It's an invitation to community. A community of believers that are passionately committed to Christ and passionately committed to each other. And when there's that unusual unity, man, we are on the breeding ground for revival. We've got to do a better job, church. God wants us laughing together, enjoying each other, not tolerating each other, but loosening up and, man, having a blast. Sunday should be the happiest place on planet Earth in the church. We should be happier than Disneyland. We should be having more fun than any other place you go to. This should be a party. God doesn't want us to be stiff-necked religious Pharisees. He wants us to be disciples that love one another and love each other so much that we're having fun together. Does your passion for God seem to have dwindled? Or maybe you have a desire to step into a deeper walk with God, but don't know how to achieve it. Pastor Paul's new mini-book, Stepping Into Revival, teaches you how to have a personal revival in your faith, family, and your community through prayer. In this book, you'll learn that personal revival reinvigorates the life of a believer and how community and relationships can be the hindrance or catalyst to knowing God on a deeper level. Stepping into revival reveals the spiritual steps that bring an intimate relationship with God and the practical ways to implement those steps in your life. Step into that deeper relationship with God. Get your free copy today as our gift to you by calling 1-800-760-2360 or visit us online. We've got to be committed to the cause of Christ. Be committed to the cause of Christ. There's a lot of causes floating around out there. But this is the greatest cause to be a part of. I don't want to be a part of a cause that's different than the cause of Christ. The cause of Republicans, the cause of Democrats, the cause of, uh, uh, the cause of America, the cause of the economy, the cause of this generation. I want to be a part of the cause of Christ, man. What's the cause of Christ? You might be wondering, well, what was Christ's cause? What was he about? He was about loving God and loving people. People ask Jesus, Jesus, what's, what, what are we supposed to do? What are followers of Jesus supposed to look like? They're supposed to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and love their neighbor as themselves, period. Which neighbors? The ones we get along with? The ones that look just like us? The ones that have the same color of skin as us? No! Your neighbor is every single person you come into contact with. Rich or poor, black or white, Asian, Hispanic, no matter what the background is, God's called us to be united together. Be marked with love. Be committed to the cause of Christ. The cause of Christ is to be in a community. Jesus didn't call a bunch of Christians to be independent from each other. He called us to be interdependent. Did you know in America, George Barna, he did a research here, that 92% of Americans proudly claim to be independent. That it's like a virtue in our country. I want to be independent. I want to be financially independent. I want to be professionally independent. I'm a self-made businesswoman. I'm a self-made businessman. I'm a self-made, you know, whatever it is that, that, that's your career. But when it comes to spiritual matters, 
God doesn't want us to be independent. He wants us to lean on each other. He wants us to have relationships. He wants us to be connected with each other. That is the cause of Christ. To love God, love people. And here's the second point right here. Be committed to a community of believers. God wants us to, if we're going to build unity, you can't build unity without a community. So you've got to be committed to a community of believers. Don't be a floating Christian that chooses a new church every Sunday. You're not building the kingdom of God. You're just feeding off of every single place you go to and not contributing anywhere. Be committed to a community. I know that was kind of tough. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 says that we are all no longer aliens or strangers, but we are members of God's household. One version says active members. Everybody say active. God doesn't want us sitting on the sidelines. He wants us engaging with community. Well, here's the third and last point right here. Be committed to keeping the unity in this community. Be committed to keeping the unity in this community. So number one, be committed to the cause of Christ. Number two, be committed to a community of believers. And number three, be committed to keeping the unity in this community. Everybody say, we are strife stoppers. We are peacemakers. We are bridge builders. See, if we took that mindset and we decided, you know what, I'm going to contend for unity in this community. That I'm going to shut down strife. I am going to stop stupid rumors. I'm going to stop gossip. And then I am going to stir up the unity in this community. I'm not just going to be on the defensive side. I'm going to be on the offensive side. I'm going to look for ways to build unity in this community. So what would that look like? What would that look like? And how would that change things? First off, unity is selfless. It's thinking of others before thinking of yourself. Unity is going out of your way instead of waiting for someone else to come and invite you into their community. You are initiating the invitation. Don't wait. Initiate. Everybody say, don't wait. Initiate. So as believers, we've got to decide, you know what, I'm going to be selfless. I'm going to look for ways to build the community here, to build unity. So unity is selfless. Secondly, unity is having fun together. Guys, revival is not about looking super serious and mad all the time like... <laughs> revival! Guys! The world doesn't want to be around people that just look mad and angry and super serious all the time. The world is looking for a church that has unusual camaraderie, that has unusual laughter, unusual joy. I'll never forget being on a mission trip. We were in China, and we were laughing together. Man, we were, we were, I, we were singing songs together. Each of us was taking, a, t taking turns singing songs. We were having rap battles together. And I was rapping. I was like, give me three words. They were like, alligator, elevator, and chairs. I was like, alligator, alligator, elevator, elevator, chair, 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 chair. They're like, that's not a rap, bro. That's not, doesn't even rhyme. It's like. It was crazy. It was funny. It was ridiculous. We were laughing, and guess what? You're like, that's not spiritual. Nobody likes that. Everybody likes that. <laughs> there was this girl. It was an atheist. She was right next to us on the subway. We weren't in, we weren't in Beijing. We had just left Beijing. We were in Hong Kong. She was right next to us on the subway. And she goes, you guys are having so much fun together. 
who are you guys? I said, we're Christians. She was like, whoa, I've never seen Christians like this. She was like, Christians have fun? I was like, yeah, we do. I was like, I'm sorry that you haven't seen that. <laughs> we got to do a better job, church. God wants us laughing together, enjoying each other, not tolerating each other, but loosening up and, man, having a blast. Sunday should be the happiest place on planet Earth in the church. We should be happier than Disneyland. We should be having more fun than any other place you go to. This should be a party. God doesn't want us to be stiff-necked religious Pharisees. He wants us to be disciples that love one another and love each other so much that we're having fun together. Because that's attractive, attractive spirituality. That's attractive Christianity. I was in Victor Christian School last week. I said, what would revival look like? And one young boy spoke up, and it brought me to tears. He said, revival would look like joy and laughter. I didn't know, man, but he's walking through a tough situation at home with one of his uh, family members who's sick. And it's, it's been hurting in his heart, his mind, his emotions. I mentioned this earlier that we're in a generation right now that takes more antidepressants than any other generation. So much anxiety, so much stress. This world needs a revival of joy. It needs a revival of laughter. We've got to break the spirit of depression off America. Break the spirit of depression off 30 and under. And guys, it starts with you having fun together. I'm not even asking you to get together and have Bible studies. I think that'll flow out of this. I'm asking you to get together and laugh. Get together. Open your homes. Go out for coffee. Go see movies together. Build community. Because unity cannot happen without community. We've got to have a strong community. There's got to be that community. All right. Unity is trusting each other. You can't build unity without trust. Eric, I need some help real quick. A couple of big, strong guys. I want to show you what it looks like to trust people. Can you guys maybe stand like right, right here? Have you guys ever heard of the trust fall? All right. So the trust fall is when, when you're standing up a little bit higher and you decide to just fall backwards and you're hoping people are going to be able to, oh, they're on that side. <laughs> you fall backwards hoping they're going to catch you. There's this trust. But I want to show you a little bit further than a trust fall. I want to show you a trust running fall. You guys ready for this? <laughs> All right, here we go. This is a trust running fall right here. I am trusting them to catch me. I am stepping out on a branch. This is a vulnerable thing. Let me preach on this just for a second. <laughs> anytime, anytime you build relationships in the church... It's always going to be a risk. You say, Paul, what if they betray my trust? What if I build these great relationships and then they move? And they go somewhere else and, and I invested all that time. It's worth it. It's worth living your life in relationships with other believers. Taking the risk. Trusting other people. You can't have unity without trust. And it's time for us to forgive some people who betrayed our trust so that we can learn to trust again. You ready for this running trust fall? I hope I don't hurt anybody. Come on, give these guys a big hand. Wow. I've never done that before. We didn't practice that. 
There's a few people in my life that I trust them so much. They know where the hidden key is to get into my house. They can come in. They have refrigerator rights. They don't even have to ask me. They can go to that fridge. They can get some Coca-Cola. They can get some ham or turkey and make themselves a sandwich. And guys, God wants us to be in such a strong community with each other. That there's this trust with one another. That we can open up and talk to each other. Which leads me to my next point. Unity is being real with each other. Unity creates space to be real with other believers. Unusual camaraderie is not an accident in a church. It happens with people who are intentionally relational. Some of you guys saw the video testimony of our friends Chad and Stacy King. Last year, their marriage was hanging by a thread, about to get divorced. There was so much hostility and, and, and hatred and, and, and intense, just unforgiveness between Chad and Stacy. And I went to college with Chad. I was friends with him. We were on the same dormitory. We used to play basketball intramurals with each other. And had Chad been the kind of guy that goes, I can't tell Paul that. I can't tell church guys that. They're going to judge me. They're going to hate me. They're, they're not going to listen to me. They're going to preach at me. But instead, Chad trusted me. He called me and said, Paul, would you pray for me and Stacy? We need a revival in our marriage. We need a miracle in our marriage. Man, I just cried. The Bible says weep with those who weep. Laugh with those who laugh. Celebrate with those who are celebrating. Sympathize with those that are going through pain. That's what God wants us to be. See, if Eric and I were mad at each other and got into a disagreement, we could fight like this, and man, we would stop the flow of revival. But if instead we decided, Ephesians 4 verse 3 says, Make the effort to keep the unity of peace by binding yourselves together in peace. Instead of fighting, we bind ourselves together and we have each other's backs. And now we're watching out for each other. And now we're fighting against the enemy of darkness instead of fighting with our brothers and sisters. That's what God wants us to do. So me and a couple of brothers and Daniel and some others, we went over to Chad's house. We didn't preach at him. We didn't lecture him. We just stood beside him. We said, we are with you, Chad. We are praying for you. We are in agreement for what God has spoken in your heart. We prayed for his house. God did a miracle in Chad and Stacy's marriage. Man, they are happier than they've ever been. They've been seeing God do amazing things in the relationship, healing and restoration. Psalm 133 says, where there is unity among the brothers and sisters, it is so pleasant that in verse 3 it says it is the commanded blessing of God. It's the spot where revival flows. It's the spot where refreshing flows. It is the place where God breathes hope. Can you feel it? It's the breeding ground of revival. That right beneath the surface of revival, God's stirring something up. It's stirred by you connecting with other believers praying together, walking together, building each other up, coming together on a weekly basis at church and at that time of worship and prayer, that breeding ground prepares the road for revival. We've got to learn how to trust each other, how to walk together, how to pray together, how to stir each other up to do what God's called us to do. Maybe you're watching today and you feel lonely. Maybe you feel like you don't have that godly community, that breeding ground uh, that was being talked about in the message today for revival. 
I want to pray for you right now that you would get connected in the right community. Lord, I pray for every person that's watching today. God, that they would experience a personal revival by getting in a breeding ground for it. God, a community of life-giving, faith-filled relationships. Lord, that they would experience a Holy Spirit empowerment. Hey, would you pray this prayer with me? Just say, Jesus, I surrender to you. Holy Spirit, do a new work in my life. I trust that you have great days in front of me. So, Lord, I am going to follow your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, as you pray that prayer of surrender and trust, I believe you're going to start walking into your best days yet. I believe God's going to connect you divine relationships. And to help you with that, we've got a mini book on this whole series on revival, and it's called Stepping Into Revival. These mini books are going to go fast, so make sure you call us the number at the bottom of the screen or go to our website, pauldoherty.org, and request it. We'll send it to you, and I know it will encourage you, inspire you, and stir you up for a personal revival. I love you. I'm praying for you, and I believe your best days are right in front of you. Does your passion for God seem to have dwindled? Or maybe you have a desire to step into a deeper walk with God, but don't know how to achieve it. Pastor Paul's new mini-book, Stepping Into Revival, teaches you how to have a personal revival in your faith, your family, and your community through prayer. In this book, you'll learn that personal revival reinvigorates the life of a believer and how community and relationships can be the hindrance or catalyst to knowing God on a deeper level. Stepping into revival reveals the spiritual steps that bring an intimate relationship with God and the practical ways to implement those steps in your life. Step into that deeper relationship with God. Get your free copy today as our gift to you by calling 1-800-760-2360 or visit us online. Victory Conference, August 8th through the 13th at Victory Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. One word from God can change your life. With speakers John Bevere, Robert Madhu, Charlotte Gamble, Sammy Rodriguez, Stephen Furtick, and your hosts, Paul and Ashley Doherty. Come experience Victory Conference in person at 7700 South Lewis in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, go to victory.com. You have ways of thinking walled off in your mind that are keeping you from the life that God wants you to live. Our faith was meant to be tested. We're supposed to have moments that feel like they're too much to handle. These moments are God's greatest opportunities. I don't have to feel faith to have faith. I got faith in the middle of a storm. My faith doesn't mean it's not going to rain. My faith means I'm going to make it to the other side through whatever waves I have to cross over. Rediscover your faith while watching Elevation with Stephen Furtick every day on the Hillsong Channel. A way that you could partner with Hillsong and be resourced for your life's journey. Imagine having a continuous stream of great messages, music, and merchandise designed to help you be an influence in every sphere of life.
Enjoy Stingray music free on your mobile. Open your mouth and say, Lord, release it. I've sown my seed, and I've given you glory. Say, I have declaratively praised you. So I wait, expecting my blessing right now. Applaud God in this room, everybody.
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes. Sharamboke Shede. Yep, 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 yep. Yadarakanda Kasa. Oh, Father God, we praise thy name. We glorify you, Lord. We seek thy face, Father. We seek thy presence, Lord. Let the power of God begin to flow in, Father. Let the anointing of Christ begin to flow in, Lord. Come forth, Father God. Come forth. Come forth. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes. We praise you. We glorify you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the anointing, for the covering, for the peace. For the grace, for the mercy. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Father God. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Pour forth your anointing, Father God, your strength, your life. Come and help us to hear from you, Lord. Help us to see you, Father. Let your word enter in, Lord, as it causes the changes to occur, Father. The transformations to happen. Ooh, yes, Lord. Let your word enter in, Lord. And we will rise up and become the men and women of God that you called us to be. We will get our course cease being the tail and begin to proceed to becoming the head, Lord. Let us rise up, Father, as you continually to work in each and every one of our lives. Help us to move in the fullness into the capacity that you desire us to walk, Lord. Oh, Father God, continue to your karamba. Uniquely use us, Lord. Uniquely use us, Lord. Uniquely use us, Lord. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for the covering, for the peace. In Jesus' name I pray, man. And amen. Good morning, everybody on the line.
Yes, I can get them. Go get the list. I'm so happy. Just so happy. I'm happy. I'm slappy. I'm fine. <sighs> All right, I'm getting up. Because I got works to do. Oh, la, la, la. I don't get out. Mm. I'm getting up slowly. Morgan Farley, run the gossation, 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 the Nick Brandon Holly Samantha Rondo go Charles Griggs, Rondo Gosishi, 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 Gosish
Uh, Ashley Whitney, run, run this shit, get this shit, get this run, run, run this shit, get this shit, You listen to some healing music for a minute.
Buenos dias. Good morning. How are you? Moving around. I can hear. Mm-hmm. And how are you? I made it through another night. Amen. <laughs> you said what? I made it through another night, so all is well. Here we go. Praise the Lord. Another day to look at. Another day. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Happy, happy, joy, joy. You want to pray anything, dear? Uh, yes, sure. Everybody is not mine. So, Father God, help us to love 
We know here on the line that we are good. And we are learning and we are growing and we are maturing in the fact that we need to humble ourselves and pray. And we have turned. We turn to you and we're seeking your will and your way. Lord, we pray for those who are called by your name, who have yet to humble themselves and turn. We come for them, O oh God, who know who you are, who are yours, but think that they have all the time in the world to get it right. Who have all the time in the world to do what they want to do. But they don't seek, they don't knock, they don't pray. And you showed us in Job what happens. And so, Lord, we just pray for, we pray for your people right now especially as we go into the weekend, Sunday, Saturday, whatever day they go into church is the only day that they seek your faith. And so, Lord, we ask that you would give a rhema or a logos word for them this weekend. That will cause them to pause and reflect on their lives and start looking at themselves closer at the reflection of themselves in your mirror, which is the word, Father. We ask, oh God, that your word go forth in such a way this weekend that there's a revival in the spirit there's a revival in the mind there's a revival in the soul and everything gets into sync and your people start calling on your name they start humbling themselves and start seeking your face they're turning not trying to find loopholes, not trying to justify, but actually seeking your truth and seeking your word. For their good and for your glory. In the name of Yeshua we come. By his righteousness we are saved and set free and delivered. Amen. And amen. Amen. Anybody else? Okay. Are you still doing the playlist? Okay. Well, let me do the um, 
I was a fisher. I, I I didn't I didn't wasn't listening um earlier. So um Father God we come for the church and the ministers we come for the sick and the shut in we come for those in hospice. We come for those who are doing this anywhere from minor to major illnesses, oh God. We come for those who are abused and addicted. We come for those who are abandoned and depressed. We come for those who are oppressed. We come for those who are discouraged. We come for those who are in prison in body or and in mind. We come for the missionary. We come for we come for those who are in need of you, O oh God. Because we need the over every minute, every hour, every second. And so we come for those on these on this list. And but we come expecting your presence because you said in your word. When two or three are gathered, you are in the midst. And so, Lord, we feel your presence today. We feel your we feel your presence today because you are expecting us to do what we need to do to draw closer to you. And Lord, as long as we remember who you are, you will hear our prayers. And so, Lord, we say by the stripes of your son, the lashes that that scored his back and drew blood and skin and bone and made him disfigured, that we are seeking healing on cancer. From the morrow to the skin, we are speaking healing on the digestive system. We are healing on the lymphatic system and the endocrine system. We are seeking healing in the skeletal system from arthritis and joint pain. We are seeking healing in the in the in the brain stem and the spinal cord and in the brain. We are speaking healing from senility and dementia and Alzheimer's. We are speaking healing for those things that are named. But, but because you are above everything, healing will abide. Healing will increase. Where those who believe shall be healed. Those who are seeking, we are standing in agreement with their prayers and in agreement with their belief that, Father, you will heal. A supernatural, just healing. You gave me the word ubiquitous, and ubiquitous is who you are, is what you are. You are ever-present. You know what we have need of. You know what we have need of, oh God. And so we speak right now for salvation and freedom and liberty 
liberty that is needed because there are so many people bound, bound mentally, bound physically, bound emotionally, bound spiritually. And so, God, we come right now and we speak a manifestation of the liberty that only you can provide, oh God. And we thank you, oh God, for that liberty. We thank you for the wholeness that only you can give. We thank you that you will go through each and every household, each car, every everyone that anybody walking, anybody listening to the the spiritual realm. They not may not be able to hear, but in the spiritual realm, they know and they feel and they are they are acknowledging the prayers of the righteous, and they avail much, oh God. And so, God, we express, we express the look for the liberty for those that are around us, oh God, that are seeking to be our peace. Lord, give them the peace that passes all understanding. Give them that joy, unspeakable joy, that only you can give, oh God. And, Father God, we thank you in advance because they are they are. Tears. There are tears. There are tears. There are tears, and there are groanings, beyond groanings, not just from the people, but from the land, oh God. Not just from the adults, but from the children. The children who are crying out. The children who are in this fire, oh God. And they are trying to live out the righteousness that you have called them to. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would continue to watch over all of those that are yours, that are yours, that are called by your name, that you are looking to live and abide in you, that are looking to, to, to cast all their cares upon you, that are looking to be yoked with you. And, Lord, we just thank you in advance for the blessing of your presence, your strength where they are weak, your discerning power. Give them a sound mind. Let them not walk in fear, but by faith through your word, O oh God. Let them be strengthened. Let them encounter you today. And when they encounter you, they receive that freedom that only comes in and through you. We speak spiritual knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and discerning for them, O oh God, so that as they read your word, as they pray, that they receive what they need, that they receive your truth, and that they walk in it, O oh God. We ask that you will synchronize the spirit, soul, and body. Give them a supernatural healing. Give them a supernatural revival. Let their bones, they say, can these bones live? Yes, let a revival take place, oh God. A revival that will saturate the atmosphere. Even as we as we go through this call, let the atmosphere be saturated this weekend. So when people go into the church house, that the church that abides within each and every one of us will pour out your spirit and have a revival come rushing forward. A refreshing that only can revive the spirit, that only you can do, O oh God. 
Let us walk into the church with an expectation that your word will be manifested before our eyes. And Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for every prisoner. We thank you for every every body, oh God, that receives you. We thank you for every body that receives your salvation. We thank you for every body that receives the that has its all understanding and its only belief. Thank you, we glorify you, we give you, oh, we just say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, oh God. And we just magnify your name right now. Because we say that it is done. Because you said on the cross, it is finished. That means all we got to do is walk in it by faith. And then it will be sure we pray and come. Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got gold. We got what we got. We did uh, I think I got a list. Nope. Yep, I did. Okay, we got Rose in the community, Ardashara Busta, Sakara Wadin, Yanadabo Sishibo Sishibo Saraga, Sakara. My parents, Rondabo Sishibo Sishibo Saraga, Sakara. They live a land, Rondabo Sishibo Sishibo Saraga, Sakara. President Obama, Rondabo Dagarabosa, Sakara. Last man who Brandabo Sishibo Sishibo Saraga, Sakara. Thompson Church, Prosperable Sishibo Sishibo Sakara. Thomas Kari, Rondabo Dagarabo Saraga, Sakara. Tony Agnes Rondigo Didigo Didigo Divosa Sakara Lisa Brown Rumba Didigo Sishigo Saraga Sakara New Legacy Academy Rondigo Didigo Shiraga Sakara Felicia Rondigo Didigo Shiraga Sakara Punchy Legend Akinish Aiden Charles Rondigo Rodigo Saraga Sakara Stephen College Rondigo Shishigo Sishigo Saraga Sakara Eric's Church Rondigo Rondigo Saraga Sakara Eric's Business Rondigo Shiraga Saraga Sakara Mars Business Rondo Sishiko Saga Sakara. Mar Business Rondo Sishiko Sishiko Saga Sakara. Jean Sam Rondo Sishiko Sishiko Saga Sakara. Brandon Allen Rondo Sishiko Sishiko Saga Belinda Rondo Sishiko Saga Sakara. Donald Trump Rondo Sishiko Saga Sakara. Angie Bush Kuriko Sishiko Saga Sakara. Mateo Rondo Sishiko Sishiko Saga Sakara. Alyssa Noor undergo the shape of Saraga, Sakara. Dan Washington. Run the shape of Saraga, Sakara. Barbara Sato, run the 
Gentlemen, call around the physical service, Sakra. Every time you run both skills, Sakra. Train area, run the physical service, Sakra. Sean Stephen and David, run the physical service, Sakra. Investors, run both skills, Sakra. Tony Brooklyn, run the physical service, Sakra. Kelly at the church, run the physical service, Sakra. Bobby Williams, run the physical service, Sakra. Malcolm Bryson, Bundle Shilko Sarga, Sakra. Richard, Rundle Rundle Sarga, Sakra. Unsafe family members, Rundle Sishko Sarga, Sakra. Mitch, Rumba Dilgo Dilgo Sakra, Dilgo Sakra, Dilgo Sakra. Markin Charles, second, Yellow Rundle Rosarga, Sakra. That's Mark, Rundle Dilgo Sakra, Sakra. And myself, Rundle Dilgo Sakra, Sakra. Nobody else on the list will run the good to 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 the the Sorry, I was on mute. Um, I touched on half of it. I did the spirit um, with the knowledge, understanding, discerning, the synchronized, the whatever, and revival of uh, hell. Okay. All right. Okay, in place of financial breakthroughs, run the grand over 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 Discernment, novel understanding, health, healing, restoration. Ability to persevere to the end, run the road to negotiation, negotiation, etc. Growth and our gifts and our foods, run the negotiation, etc. And that might be it. I'm going to say that's it. Anybody think anything? Um, you know what, I'm going back to the land and the growing and stuff that the land is um, doing with that place of plant. The fires and the floods and the, and the mudslides and stuff, so I pray for those who are in the midst of natural um, in the midst of natural uh, disasters. I pray for their peace. Right now, that even in the midst of them, 
seasoned things that they're still here and they're able to receive what they need um, by the grace of God that the joy of the Lord would make them fall and add no sorrow. In the name of Yeshua, I pray. Amen. 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 All righty. Well, that's not it. That's it. I'm going to send out this text message so we get this reading popping off. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Uh-huh. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Just need to wake up somewhere along the way, huh?
Enjoy Stingray music free on your mobile. If somebody just say there's none like you, come on, just lift up that kind of a worship in God, I 
your room. You need to find your secret place. Turn it into an altar. Get down on your knees. Lift your hands. Open your mouth. Throw your hands back. And just begin to call the name of Jesus.
unbearable. I know how you feel. I traveled this same road. And all you know is someone to Your bleeding heart overflowing with me. I hear you nobody knows But you come to me Your side was not shown Words have to be said You never know why But this can't be all you still survive I'm here to Because of you If I Yeah. <laughs> 
download the free Stingray Music mobile app. Oh, God. 
name of Mr. William Murphy. He said you gotta make your body language prophesy. I'm still there for the night bishop. When you say breakthrough, I need you to break out of the stuff that you're in. And I need you to break for Everything is happening here. Enjoy Stingray music free on your mobile. Don't leave no gap in the kingdom of Jesus. Jesus, 
right, all right, all right. All right. Rande shere kumboskere kumbofu rande gosheshere kumbrande gosada saka brande gosheshere 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 gosandranda ka rande gosheshere 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 kasa rande gosheshere 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 kasa rande Harashete kumboskata kumbreshere kumboske harashete harashanda shamroshere kumboku hanyere kuseshere kusaka sandeke shere kumboko harashere kusate shere kumboke harashere kuseshere kusanda harashere kuseshere 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 kusanda ka hanyere kuseshere ka. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're a boskede. Thank you, Father God. Randy the Gosada. Thank you, Father God. Randy the Gosation Daskarada. Horaboskede the Gombraka. Horashander the Gosete. Horashander the Gosada. Horashere the Gosada. Horashere the Gosandraka. Horashere the Gosada. Thank you, Father God. Homboskede the Gombraka. Horashkari Rogosada, thank you, Holy Spirit. Ha Shambo, Sharande Kete, Ha Shande, Sharambaka, Ha Shide, Sharadoko, Shararaka, Shamboskari Rosada, Harandere Rogosa, Shirogosada, Harandarogosa, Rogosa, Shirogosaradaka, Harandere Rogosa, yes, Father Abu, Shirogombo Saka. Horandike, Harandaka, Horobosa, Ha. Father God, come forth. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Horoboska, Rakanda. Shiriposke, Horandiske, Rakosada. Horandiskirikosada. Horandiskirikosada. Harandeshke Rabosada, Randirgosede, yes, Holy Spirit, Yarakobosede. Thank you, Father God, Randirgosation, Rabosation, Rabosation, Zakanda, Shakande, Shakara. Amen, amen, and amen. Okay, Cisco. Okay, Pancho. Yup, 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 choco, choco, choco. All righty, what are we into now? We're talking about discernment. Dealing with people. Revelation. Eternal life. God's way of guiding. All righty. Of course, we're not getting into all of that today. Discernment. Reading the context of this same portion of scripture reveals how the apostle is concerned with many false teachings and antichrist. He assures his readers that the same Holy One who anoints them also teaches them to differentiate truth from lies on what is of Christ and what is of the Antichrist. 
Christians do not require other men to instruct them since the indwelling anointing teaches them everything. This is spiritual discernment, something greatly needed today. Mm. If we must pour over many theological references and reason, compare, research, observe, and think with our minds until we ultimately reach an understanding of what is lie or what is true, then only Christians with good minds and education would escape deception. But God has no respect for the old creation. Mm. He concludes that all except the newly created spirit must die and be destroyed. Can the wisdom which God demands to be destroyed assist people to know good and evil? No, most emphatically no. God puts his spirit in every believer's spirit, regardless how sinful or how dull he is. The indulgent spirit should teach him what is of God and what is not. That is why sometimes we can conjure up no logical reason for opposing a certain teaching, yet in the very depth of our being arises a resistance. We cannot explain it, but our innocence tells us this is an error. Or contrarily, we may hear some teaching which is entirely different from what we generally hold and which we would not like to follow, but there is not an occasionally a still small voice that speaks persistently within us and contends that this is the way, walk you in it. Though we may muster many arguments against it, even overwhelming it with reason, nevertheless, this inner small voice still insists that we are wrong. Such experiences inform us that our intuition, the organ for the working of the Holy Spirit, is capable itself of distinguishing good from evil without any assistance from the mind's observations and investigation. No matter what the natural intellect may be, any individual who honestly and faithfully follows the Lord will be taught by the anointing. Mm. Here we go with this anointing again. The most learned doctor shares in the same foolishness with the dullest country folk when it comes to spiritual affairs. Nay, the learned may make more mistakes than the dullard. False teachings are currently rampant. Many there are who with deceiving words disguise lies as truth. How necessary is the power of discernment in the spirit? The most appealing teaching, the cleverest brain, and the most enlightened advisors are undependable. Only those who adhere intuitively to the teaching of the anointing are preserved from being deceived in this time of theological confusion and supernatural manifestations. We should ask the Lord to make our spirit more active and pure. We should follow the still, small voice that comes from our intuition instead of being overawed by people's knowledge and drawn away from the warning sounded within us. Otherwise, we should fall into heresy or become fanatical. If we quietly follow the teaching of the anointing, we should be delivered from the compulsion of a noisy emotion and a confused mind. Mm. Oh, Jesus, we're going to have fun today. Mm, mm, mm. Never should we judge other people. Okay, dealing with people. Never should we judge other people Yet we surely need to know them. So, ooh, Lord, I don't know if Erica on the line right now. Jesus Christ, and Nazareth. Okay. Never should we judge other people, yet we should surely need to know them so that we may comprehend both how to live with them and how to assist them. The ordinary way for men to know others is to inquire, observe, and investigate all of which, unfortunately, often lead us to blunder. Now, we are not suggesting that these are categorically useless, 
but we do affirm that they occupy merely a secondary place in the knowledge of people. Hmm. A pure spirit frequently discloses unmistakable discernment. Well do we remember when a child how as children we made certain remarks <laughs> made certain remarks concerning various individuals we saw. As time went on, how accurate these remarks proved to be. Many years have passed, our knowledge, experience, and observation has altogether been increased, yet somehow our ability to know people seems to be diminishing. When we made those remarks as children, we had no suitable reason to advance for doing so other than that we felt that way in our hearts. Many years later, our sense of that time was shown to have been correct. As a child, we never spoke out after once having carefully investigated or acquired, nor could he ever even give any good reason for so speaking. What was it then is the operation of a pure intuition. Obviously, the example we have just set forth pertains to the natural. Nonetheless, in the things of God, our spiritual condition must be converted and become as a little child if we decide to discern spiritually. Let us observe our Lord Jesus, and immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, mm, Mark 2 and 8, Do we not see there the working of intuition? The scripture does not state that the Lord Jesus thought or felt in his heart, nor does it say the Holy Spirit told him. Mm, interesting. It was his spirit that displayed this perfect ability. The spiritual sense in the man Jesus Christ was exceedingly pure, sensitive, and noble. Hence his spirit detected immediately how the surrounding people questioned in their hearts. Hmm. He spoke to them according to what he intuitively knew. This ought to be the normal condition of every spiritual person. Our spirit, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, is free to work and filled with the power of knowledge. It can exercise control over our whole being, just as the human spirit of the Lord Jesus operated during his earthly pilgrimage. Even so shall our spirit be activated by the indwelling spirit. All right. It's time to play, people. Ding, ling, 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 ling. Oh, Father God. Okay, reading the context of the same portion of Scripture reveals how the apostle is concerned with many false teachers and Antichrist. He assures his readers that the same Holy One who anoints them also teaches them to differentiate between the same Holy One who anoints them also teaches them to differentiate truth from lies and what is of Christ and from what is of the Antichrist. So I'm going to just stop right there because the Word of God says, My sheep know my voice. So now, I don't you know when that might just rock, rock, write this process down, but again, salvation, full of the Spirit, learning God's voice, then walking to God through experience so that we can discern the voices. What is our voice? What is the Holy Spirit's voice? And what is the enemy's voice? That's what we have to do. And, and nothing that God will ever tell you will be contrary to his word. But you have to learn how to discern the voices and the Holy Spirit will teach you. 
It's his job, and he's waiting and willing. But you have to learn it through experience. Oh, Father God. And the experiences will be just as you go in school. You got to learn your ABCs before you can learn a word. You got to learn words before you can read sentences. And when you start, it's going to be very basic. Dick saw Jane, cat run dog, whatever, how you know what I'm talking about. So, you know, what happens a lot of times is because, again, once once you're born again, at whatever age it is, that's the first step, but you might not really begin to walk in the spiritual realm and arenas until years later. And what do I mean by that? Until you actually begin to, to desire and the word of God begins to grow. And, and even in this book that we're reading, it says you don't really start having spiritual experiences for the most part until you really get full of the spirit. You know, a lot of times even when we're saved, we go off and we do foolish things and we come back to the Lord. So I'm saying all of that. So don't think that as soon as you're born again, your spirit begins to grow. No, your spirit is a baby. You have to feed your spirit in order for it to grow, just like anything else. And if you're born again and you don't feed your spirit, then it's not going to grow. But it's this experience that we have to go through in order for it to really begin to grow, especially in the areas and arenas we're talking about now. Because you have to know God's voice for yourself, not for me. Now, we're all going to go through phases when we're learning and we're growing and we're looking at others. The others might be a pastor, your teacher, whoever, and, and, and you're running to them and you're asking them questions. And all this is acting good, but what happens is sooner or later you got to walk out on it for yourself. Because what really happens is they're confirming what you think you know. You just want clarity. They're confirming what you thought you should do. Or even if you're going in the wrong area, they're, they're straightening you out. But that's by walking it out. You will never learn this if you just sit back and say, oh, yeah, that's it, that's good. Then you're, gonna, you're just going to stay stuck. You're going to stay stuck. It's just that simple. He assures us, readers, that the same Holy One who anoints them also teaches them to differentiate from truth and lies and what is of Christ and what is from the Antichrist. Christians do not require other men to instruct them since the indwelling anointing teaches them everything. And we talked about this yesterday, the anointing teaching you everything. And we talked about how, you know, what we're doing right now, we're continually going before God in prayer regarding the things that we're doing, but the anointing will teach you everything. Will anointing teach me how to become a businessman? Yes, it will. Will anointing teach you how to run a school? Yes, it will. Will anointing teach you how to deal with your parents, your children, your relationships? Yes. Your husband, your wife, your boy. Yes. Your own personal anointing. The Holy Spirit gets personal. He gets intimate with you if you let him. That's the, that's the breaker right there. You must choose to allow. He's never going to violate your will. Now, he gives you some strong pushes sometimes. He gives you, well, you can make that choice if you want to. I mean, but he's not, it still has to be a choice that you allow him to work. Sometimes it just don't feel like it's a choice. 
Christians do not require other men to instruct them since the indwelling anointing teaches them everything. This is spiritual discernment, something greatly needed today. Now, I'm going to even touch that. You know what? And what is that? The anointing teaches you everything. Right now I'm reading from a book, and then I'm running my yap. But you know the thing about it? Lisa's going to get something. Pam's going to get something different. Erica's going to get something different. Rod's going to get Everybody's going to get something different from what I'm reading. So literally, I'm a vessel that's speaking, but as far as what pertains to you, that's what the mean the whole the anointing is going to teach you. Because everybody's got different situations, circumstances, and everybody's at different levels. So though I'm saying the same words, each of us will receive a different message, what pertains particularly to me, to you. See, that's what he means, that the anointing teaches you. So again, even though you will have instructors or people or mentors that are in front of you, bottom line, it's still going to boil down to you and the Holy Spirit. This is spiritual discernment, something greatly needed today. If we must pour over P-O-R-E, many theological references and reasons, compare, research, observe, and think with our minds until we ultimately reach an understanding of what is lie or what is truth, then only Christians with good minds and educations would escape deception. But God has no respect for the old creation. <clears throat> he concludes that all except the newly created spirit must die and be destroyed. Can the wisdom which God demands to be destroyed assist people to know good and evil? No. Let me repeat that again. Can the wisdom which God demands to be destroyed, okay, wisdom which God demands destroyed, to be destroyed, can, uh, uh, one more time, can the wisdom which God demands to be destroyed assist people to know good and evil? No, most emphatically no. God puts his spirit in every believer's spirit, regardless how sinful, how dull he is. When dwelling spirits will teach him what is of God and what is not. That is why sometimes, oh, what the hell is going on? Oh, uh-uh. No, 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 no. This God, this God, mm-mm. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you know, y'all pray for a minute. Something shifted tremendously, and it's not good. No, not today. No, no, no. Get out. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave. You will not come up in here. This is not a place you can come. Remove yourself right now in the name Shakara. Holy Spirit, send your angels to escort them out. Place a hedge of protection around and I thank you for your precious Holy Ghost anointed blood, Lord. Shut it up. I plead your blood over this prayer line. I plead your blood over everything.
everybody's household. I plead your blood over everybody's seven degrees of overall, Father of God. Hmm. Hmm. No weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. Yet according to the ghost, he will bless those who bless us, he will curse those who curse us. Holy Spirit, send that right back to where it came from. Your word, we are standing, we are seeking, we are trusting. Send that right back to where it came from. Every tongue that rises against us in condemnation, our God will judge. For our righteousness is of him. You will not come here. You will not come into this household or any household that is on the song. Any household that desires being every seven degrees of separation, you must leave right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for the peace, for the anointing, for the cup. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving. Hmm. Interesting. We're talking about discernment. And I'm not the only one that experienced that either. I'm not the only one that experienced that either. Hmm. Okay, we're going to start over. Reading the context of the same portion of Scripture reveals how the Apostle is concerned with many false teachings and Antichrist. He assures his readers that the same Holy One who anoints them also teaches them to differentiate from truth and lies, what is of Christ and what is from the Antichrist. Christians do not require other men to instruct them since the indwelling anointing teaches them everything. This is spiritual discernment, something greatly needed today. If we must pour over many theological references and reason, compare, research, observe, and think with our mind until we ultimately reach an understanding of what is lie and what is truth. Then only Christians with good minds and educations would escape deception. But God has no respect for the old creation. He concludes that all except the newly created spirit must die and be destroyed. Can the wisdom which God demands to be destroyed assist people to know good and evil? No. Most emphatically, no. God puts his spirit in every believer's spirit, regardless how sinful or dull he is. The indwelling spirit is to teach him what is of God and what is not. This is why sometimes we can conjure up no logical reason for opposing a certain teaching, yet in the very depth of our being assist the resistance. We cannot explain it, but our innocence tells us that this is an error. Or contrarily, we may hear some teaching which is entirely different from what we generally hold, which we would not like to follow. But there is not occasionally, but there is not occasionally, still small voice that speaks persistently within us and contends that this is the way. Walk you in it, though we may muster many arguments against it, even overwhelming it with reason. Nevertheless, this inner small voice still insists that we are wrong. I remember the day that I got saved, I was in my old church, and my Sunday school teacher wasn't there. So I went to another class. And I'm sitting in there, and he's talking about cars going up to heaven and this, that, and the other. And I'm just sitting there going, like, really, dude? You ain't making no sense. None whatsoever. And so I finally, after a while, I just got up and left until my, my teacher had made it by then. So I just got in the class. 
What? Huh? Okay. So finally I got to my class and the teacher was there or whatever. And so I was listening to it. And so I just put my head down on the table. And I was just I was making no noise and trying not to. And after a while she just stopped the class and said, Sammy, do you want to be saved? And I just said, yeah, and I just broke out crying. You know, I could have stayed in that class, but something was saying, no, nah, dude, get up out of here. He ain't making no sense, you know. And that's just, uh, even in the church, false teaching, confusion. How much more is it today? And even when I went there, I wasn't trying to talk to her, but in her spirit, she knew to ask me that question. See, that's what we're talking about, spiritual discernment. That's at a... Uh, that, I'm not. That's just. That's just another example. I'm not gonna say that's a low level. Now, what just happened here? That's a higher level. What I just experienced was something tried to enter in. I don't even know what it was. But see, as God trains you in this, you begin to respect and agree with, rather than sitting back. Okay. Again, it's a process. People trust and believe. You're gonna you but you gotta go through this. You gotta go through. I've been, you know and it's funny how you know, when we first started growing on this prayer line, we all started experiencing different things. All of us. People reactions, stuff happening, all kind of stuff. Now it's like, yeah, okay, well whatever, you know. Not to say that I'm belittled, it's just that we're more familiar with it. But again, as Mark said, what's one of my prayers? On my on that list that I got, walking in the realm of the supernatural. So look again, like I told you yesterday. <laughs> oh Lord, I'm about to mess somebody up. Like I told you yesterday. Um, I have agreed to press on at the same pace. That means it's going to have a direct effect upon you. So you think I'm having experiences? Oh, I ain't the only one. Now, but this is the case. Unfortunately, you're in the boat. Now, what did Paul say about the boat? If you want to make it to safety, you need to stay in it. It's too late for you to get off this boat right now. Now, you can if you want to, but what did Paul say? Get off that boat, you're going to die. I'm not trying to twist your arm. I'm telling you what Scripture said. You ain't got to believe me. Listen to that still, small voice. See, you're hooked up now. You're hooked up. You're hooked up. I ain't trying to make you look at one thing one way or another. You make your own decisions about your own life. But some of your paces must increase. Ain't no choice. Because you're going to get left alone. You're going to get left behind. In the theory with Paul in the boat, not the theory, but in the scripture with Paul in the boat, when those that tried to escape, they took the boats and let them loose. Because God, what did God say? All who remain in the boat shall live. He didn't say that you wasn't going through bad times. And how did they live? The ship wrecked, and they got pieces of the ship, but they all made it to safety. If they chose to get in that light bulb, because what would have happened? That light bulb represented their own understanding. That light bulb represented the way that they thought they needed to escape. That light bulb represented, you know what? I'm going to move and do this my way because this ain't working right now. 
That's what that light bulb represents. That's not what God said. So what am I trying to say? You better open your eyes. You better let God teach you. Because when them things come into your house, when you start dealing with different things and you want to be the ostrich and bury your head in the sand, all you're really doing is exposing your butt like a field goal, baby. You're about to get punted. You can't hide from this stuff no longer. You can't act like it's not there. You can't act like you're not stuck. You can't act like, oh, this is funny. That That's so far beyond you right now. If God's going to tell you to pick up your pace, he's probably not going to holler it anymore like he had been. He's just going to say, okay, well, since you choose to be at 25 and I'm going at 45, that's fine. What happens when somebody's going at 25 miles an hour and somebody else is going at 45? You get left behind. But, see, that's your safety and that's your protection at that 45 miles an hour. See, you you were frantic and I can't do it. See, that, that represents you trying to state things in the, in the way that you got control. You're trying to keep your hand on things. You're trying to make things activate where you can organize. And, and God says, that's not the way I've ordained it. See, he's got to transfer you and transform you from walking in yourself to walking in him. And that's an unpleasant process, people. See, I'm telling you the reality of this stuff. What I mean is, um, see, I don't want to hear the, oh, walk after God. and have, You know what? Let's be real. You know what I mean? Why do I say that? Because walking after God means you're going to begin to have to believe in the promises of God. You're going to have to bring it from the supernatural realm to the natural realm. That means you're going to have to stand and face those things that are telling you the exact opposite, but you're going to believe God beyond that. That means you're going to get the negative doctor reports. You're going to get the shut-off notices, the foreclosures, the bad notes from kids, this and other. Your boss attacking you. You ain't got finances, but I'm going to trust and believe God in spite of. That's what that means. God telling you to pick up your pace. You choose not to pick up your pace. You're moving at 25 and you want to stay in you. Okay, that's fine. God says, well, the pace that I have set for my divine reasons is at 45. But God, I'm comfortable at 25. Okay. You're past the point where he's going to holler at you now. He's just going to say, okay, he set the pace at 45. He's going on about his business. So as you begin to get left, so does your covering, your protection, all of that. See, we have the acceptable good and the perfect will of God. So you've moved from the perfect down to the good or the acceptable, depending on how long you stay in yourself. Now, Again, those things that are coming at you because why they're privy to? Why? Because you're a child of God and you got a target on your back because you said yes to Jesus years ago. And now you've been growing and God says, now I'm going to begin to let you learn more about me in the spiritual arena. So those things that you want to act like that's not there, it's not real, I can do it my own way. They said, keep on coming because now I'm about to eat you alive. And you know what? You're going to turn to grab hold of Jesus and you're going to recognize he's all the way up there because you chose to stay where you're at, moving the way you're at, and the pace and the speed you want to at. Does it mean he loves you? Oh, yes, he loves you emphatically. But you chose to do it your way and not his. Now, does that mean he might come? He's never going to leave nor forsake you. But that just means you're going to begin to suffer. You're going to begin to go through things unnecessarily. But you know what? I'm going to tell you something else. Oh, that's part of the process that we all have to go through in order to really learn. So, again, don't think any of us 
have not gone or will not go. It's just as you grow and mature, you learn to do it less and less. That's really to be honest with you. You begin to learn. You know what, Lord? I I I don't even I don't even want to argue, Lord. Okay, what? Let's do it. Okay, that's how. Because you know you got you, you're limping, your butt's hurting, you 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 you're aching, and, and you're tired. But you know if you don't stay with God at that 45 miles an hour, you're not gonna have the strength and ability at the full amount that you need to press on. Again, experience. This is a process you got to go through. That's why Nessa was calling and screaming. She ain't the only one. We all got to go through there. If you think you don't, okay, don't. I'm I'm, I'm talking out the side of my neck. I just feel like yapping this morning, and that's what I'm yapping about. Such experiences inform us that our intuition, the organ for the working of the Holy Spirit, is capable itself of distinguishing good from evil without any assistance from the mind's observation and investigation. No matter what his natural intellect may be, any individual who honestly and faithfully follows the Lord will be taught by the anointing. Any individual who honestly and earnestly follows the Lord will be taught by the anointing. That's the way that God has designed for you to teach you. The anointing is in the spiritual arena. So the anointing is his spirit teaching your spirit, which downloads it to your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So his spirit gives your spirit its revelation. When it's revealed, then over, I'm going to say, a period of time, which may be, however it may be, might be moments, might be days, I don't know, it just depends. But over a period of time, you come to some understanding in your mind. See, we talked yesterday about knowing in your spirit and understanding in your mind. The fine line, but the big difference. The most learned doctor shares in the same foolishness with the dullest country folk when it comes to spiritual affairs. Nay, the learned may make more mistakes than the dullest. False teachings are currently rampant. Many there are who with deceiving words disguise lies as truths. Hmm, Jesus, really? I got to stop there. Because that's, that's just really showing the state of our country. Because any man who has lied as much as he has and people accept it, I ain't talking about spiritual lies. I'm just talking about straight out lies. And denying the truth and people accept that's just telling you the state of our of the, of our of our country. Why if people ain't never had a chance to pray, they need to pray now. I'm just talking on on, on the base level. I ain't talking about on the spiritual level. Cause that one there, he's special. He he real special. And people buying it left and right. Now that he's in there, oh, all the protests and this and other, really? Oh, now you want to come out and have lines and the other. But again, false teaching, false doctrine, that's just natural. But again, it also falls in line in, in its teachings about old time. I mean, last times. When I'm going to give you strong delusion, that's that I'm going to send a spirit that you'll believe and accept strong delusion. If that's not an example, I don't know what else is. 
Many down who were deceiving words disguised lies is true. <laughs> lies is true. Wait a minute. What's the word that he said? It's not. It's a, a not. It's different facts or some kind of other facts. <laughs> anyway. Ooh, Jesus. How necessary. False teachers are currently rampant. Many that with deceiving words disguise lies of truth. How necessary is the power of discernment in the spirit. The most appealing teaching, the cleverest brain, and the most enlightened advisors are undependable. Only those who adhere intuitively to the teaching of the anointing are preserved from being deceived in this time of theological confusion and supernatural manifestations. We should ask the Lord to make our spirit more active and pure. We should follow the still, small voice that comes from my intuition instead of being overawed by people's knowledge and drawn away from the warning sound within us. Otherwise, we should fall into heresy or become fanatical. If we quietly follow the teaching of the anointing, we should be delivered from the compulsion of a noisy emotion and a confused mind. A noisy emotion and a confused mind. Mm. Oh, Lord. A noisy emotion and a confused mind. To some degree, all of us are there. Especially when God begins to pull you up out of yourself. Oh, my God. As I say all the time, death is death. You know, take up your cross, crucifixion of the cross. Cross, the cross that represents death. You got to die to yourself, death. So death is death. So as that process of you begin to see, that's that's why all that crying and and I don't know what's going on. That's because of death that you're going through. You cannot experience the power of the resurrection until you've died. So he's crucifying or mortifying you. We are. Fellow heirs, join heirs with him, but us also join heirs in his crucifixion. So he's crucifying us so that we can share what he has provided for us. But we got to die. It's the process that he has set up, not us. Never should we judge other people, yet we surely need to know them so we may comprehend both how to live with them and how to assist them. That's why I just said, I know Erica, she's listening to Twitching, because we had a conversation on that. She said she's sitting up there watching people, and it just dawned on her. She's not just watching people. She's watching their spirits. How do you watch your spirits? Hmm. And I didn't even realize this to the other day. I was talking to somebody about something. And I recognized that I was listening, but I recognized that I was listening. I wasn't. I, I was listening to what they were saying, but I was really listening to what the Spirit of God was telling me. And, I, and that was one of the first times that I recognized that I was really differentiating it too. You know, and I and I do it a, a lot because the Spirit is really was telling me what's going on. That's why I tell you all the time. People ask me to pray for. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Half the time I'll be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Because what I end up praying ain't got nothing to do with what they're talking about most of the time. Sometimes it does. But a lot of times what comes out of my mouth in, in English is very little to do with what they ask me to pray for them about. But then when I'm done, they're so thankful. Again, the Spirit of God is revealing this to me. 
and why they think. I mean, if somebody said, you know, could you pray for my daughter, and 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 and, and so they they can be made. They they she's got this boyfriend, and and, and it's not good for. Her. And I and I go uh huh uh huh. So by the time I get through praying, I start talking about removing this from them. Let the spirit of God come in, give them the pieces and other for the household. Let the mom have this. Let the dad have this. Let the daughter begin to see this. And I'm done. Did I pray about the daughter and her boyfriend relationship? No. But I prayed about what God told me to pray about, and then the end result, that prayer was, thank you. That's a spiritual spirit. That's what a discernment. That's a spiritual revelation that was that we're talking about, that we're learning about. And it's in all arenas. It's in all arenas. We're praying and we're spending time with, with, with Dr. Dr. Dijon. And I can guarantee you, if not already, his 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 medical practice is going to change. He's going to begin to see people and, and things in a whole other manner. If it hasn't already, oh, it's going to happen. He's going to go to touch somebody one day. He's going to jump back. Oh, what the hell is that? Because, see, what's going on in the natural because of the supernatural, did you get what I just said? What's going on in the natural, in other words, this natural manifestation, which is caused by some supernatural situation, he's going to see it all for what it is. He's going to go, oh, my God. Because he's growing up in the spirit arena. The Holy teaching, the Holy Spirit, what does it say? The Spirit teaches them all things. We have the great physician. So now the great physician is imparting to him biological knowledge as well as spiritual knowledge. His whole practice is going to change. His whole life is going to change. But again, God's teaching us and showing us and grooming us and transforming us. It's available to everybody, people, but few are really tapping into what's there for them. Never should we judge other people, yet we simply need to know them so we may comprehend both how to live with them and how to assist them. The ordinary way for man to know others is to inquire, observe, and investigate, all of which, unfortunately, often lead us to blunder. Now, we are not suggesting that these are categorically useless, but we do affirm that they occupy merely a secondary place in the knowledge of people. A pure spirit frequently discloses unmistakable discernment. Well do we remember when as children how we made certain remarks concerning various individuals we saw. As time went on, how accurate these remarks proved to be. Many years have now passed. Our knowledge, experience, observation have altogether been increased, yet somehow our ability to know people seems to be diminishing. When we made those remarks as children, we had no suitable reason to advance from doing so other than that we felt that way in our hearts. Many years later, our sense of what time was shown to be have been correct. As a child, we never spoke out after once having carefully investigated or inquired, nor could we have, even, nor could we have ever given any good reason for so speaking. What was it then? It was the operation of pure intuition. Obviously, the example we just set forth pertains to the natural. Nonetheless, in the things of God, our spiritual condition must be converted and become as a little child if we desire to discern spiritually. Okay, so first, a pure spirit frequently discloses unmistakable discernment. <laughs> you know, 
I, I went over to somebody's house once to look at some work. It was a friend of mine. We'd known each other. And she had just had another baby. And so when I walked up, you know, baby, I think baby was in the crib or something. She said, anyway, baby was cold and calm. And I, for some whatever reason, I ended up holding the baby. She's like, oh, wow. I said, what? She said, wow. She just took you. I said, okay. She said, but I guess the baby wasn't familiar with men, but she just kind of took to me. But she said, but when her daddy comes around, she just cries and screams. I just laughed. I said, well, God. But what got me was the mama said she sees something in her daddy that ain't right. I said, well, I'm going to leave that alone. A child's pure. That's what we talk about Renee's child, grandchild. That child is pure. They see. So they'll just say what they see. Oh, that's not right. Oh, that's not they Again, they say what they see because they're pure. Now, they can get a little tainted, too, especially nowadays, because nowadays they go, really, some of you, you know, because our, our society has declined. Morals are lower. But what happens is what we have as children, again, like anything else, it has to be exercised. We don't take time to develop our spiritual gifts. Just like anything else, they diminish. I was looking at one of the pro football players. I actually walked by him downtown one day. And then whoever said, that's when later on, I don't know how I ended up recognizing But he looked so normal. I said, why that was such and such? Because he hadn't played the game in so long. He was now coaching or whatever. So he wasn't as thick and built up like he used to be. Because he wasn't exercising his body like he used to when he was younger. So his body diminished. It's the same way with our gifting. God has given us our gifting, but again, now understand the way of the world. The way of the world is you got to learn this, you got to learn the knowledge, you got to learn math and science and, and this so you can get a job. And all these are important because, yes, you do need to provide, you do need to get these things and so you can do what you need to do. But are you neglecting your spiritual man? That's what it boils down to. Are you neglecting those spiritual gifts that are inside of you? Again, I, I come back to Andre the day that whoever was said that he has both a natural for healing as well as a spiritual gift. And I said, now nah, see, that means he's walking in what he's called to be. He's walking in who God called him to be. Even in the natural, we go to school for, 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 for. I went to school for for become a doctor. I ended up doing construction. And I ain't gonna talk about what me doing on this line. We'll go to train and do one thing, and when we come out into the real world, we end up doing something else. But are you taking time to find out what your gifting are and then to develop them? You can't develop them by just reading out of a book and praying. You're going to only develop them by getting out there and exercising and practicing and walking out there and not being afraid to make mistakes. You won't never know it's a mistake until you step out and it don't work. The Holy Spirit is your mentor. He knows you got to make mistakes because other than that, you're going to con- constantly think that what you're saying and what you're doing is totally correct. But the proof will be in the fruit. If you're not bearing any fruit, then there's some error there. It's just real simple. It's very simple. If you're constantly walking and doing on a consistent basis, 
And then you can't, oh, my God, somebody told me something about the man, he, oh, a friend of mine I ran into, and he was talking about this dude who, who does construction. He's like, I don't know what's wrong with him. He just constantly messes up. He just constantly say he's like Shepra. Everything he does, it just ends up being a, a a big dramatic failure. That's telling me something's wrong in the spiritual arena with that man. Something's not lined up right. If you're not bearing any fruit, then you're in error. Something's off. God understands. He's waiting for you to get to the point that you understand it. You know, we open our mouth. A lot of times, we need to keep them quiet. We we need to be quiet a lot of times when we open our mouth. God will tra- train you for all this. See, it's not his desire for you not to notice things. It's his desire for you to grow up. But if you ever want, I'm going to just sit back. I'm going to just sit back. And there's a time when you sit back and learn and glean, but then after a while, God said, well, now nah, i got a requirement on you. I need you to increase. The steward, I give you these talents. What are you doing with it? If you're not doing anything with it, then then you're not exercising your gifting. I'll just keep reading. How about that? We made those remarks as children. We had no suitable reason to advance for doing so other than that we felt that way in our hearts. Many years later, our sense of what time was shown to have been correct. As a child, we never spoke out after having carefully investigated or inquired, nor could we ever have given any good reason for so speaking. What was it then? It was the operation of a pure intuition. Obviously, the example we have just set forth pertains to the natural. Nonetheless, in the things of God, our spiritual condition must be converted and become as a little child if we desire to discern spiritually. Let us observe our Lord Jesus. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in the spirit that they thus question within themselves, said to them, hmm. And that's, I never really, really got this until just now. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in the spirit that they thus question within themselves, said to them, we're talking about Jesus, but remember, this is where he, oh, gee, now you just got me. Where we all have the opportunity to rise. What did he say in his word? That greater things we shall do. So if Jesus did it, we can do it too. Immediately perceiving in the spirit. So he heard, he saw, he perceived in the spiritual realm. Then he told them what's going on in their mind. I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, you know, it's funny. I was like, you know, cause I said, and if it keeps happening, I'm gonna, but, but now this is confirmation. If this keeps happening, I'm going to say I'm, I'm growing because it's, I'm getting to the point people say something to me, I go, okay, that's what they want. I, I, I know what they want before they even finish. and I know what they're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. Because I'm perceiving it in my spirit. And this is just confirmation. Because I had a conversation a few days ago. You know, I, I said, well, these, I said, these incidents keep happening. That means I, I'm growing. But right here shows a God for Jesus perceived in spirit. And this is where all of us, he's, it's available to each and every one of us. And immediately, he said, he said, Jesus perceived in spirit. That, and immediately, Jesus perceived in spirit. So immediately, he got it that they questioned within themselves, said to them. So once he perceived that they were questioning, he didn't, even, he didn't even allow them to utter a word before he began to speak to them about what was in their heart. Do you get that? 
Mm, okay, y'all. Okay, look before before you even say the the foolishness is about to come up, because see, man gonna probably try to dress it up and gonna take you down a road because they wanna, you know, especially the Sadducees and the Pharisees ain't nobody different today. They're gonna try to, you see, I gotta lead and guide him into this. So just like I'm not even gonna allow you to let the foolishness out of your mouth. This is what you're thinking about. You question me, so I'm gonna attack the situation at the root. That's like an excellent lawyer. That's just somebody, an excellent counselor. Yeah, I got you. I see what the problem is. And before you even begin, see, a lot of times we'll start saying something which is so far off base but ain't nowhere near what we need to discuss, and we might not even know it. Something's bothering us, and we don't even really know what's bothering us. But that perception, that revelation of spirit will take you to exactly what the issue is, and that's what Jesus did. Do we not see there the working of intuition? The scripture does not state that the Lord Jesus thought or felt in his heart, nor does it say the Holy Spirit told him. Hmm. Wow. Nor does it say the Holy Spirit told him. What is it telling? When he grows you up and he's training you to these things, then walk out on them. You just begin to know stuff. He's training and grow you up. Walk out on them. Well, I got to go talk to God first. Well, sometimes you do. Oh, you, oh shit. I'm about, oh, wow. Mm, just got me again. Sometimes I get ready to pray for you. When you all hear me say it, I'm like, okay. Y'all start talking about, okay. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay. And I and I begin to pray, and I go, Shutter. I say, oh, yeah, that's it. I begin to pray because I want to see if this is what you want me to pray about, Lord. And I go, oh, yeah, that's it. I say, okay, well, this is what's going on. As he grows you up in his stuff, then walk out on it. It's just like you're training a child. I'm going back to school now, okay? You learned your ABCs. You learned your one numbers. Now you learn how to math. Now you learn how to add, and you got Jane Cat Dog. So now here's a book. Read it. I expect you to read it. I've taught you the basics. You might stumble across a word, but don't look at the book like it's foreign. That's what God is saying. I've been training you in these spiritual affairs. Now walk out on the gifting that I've given you. You don't have to sit back and, okay, God, what next? What you mean, what's next? You come to me when you get the hard stuff. I've teach you, taught you the basics. Renee was talking about Joseph and Jephro, Moses and Jephro the other day. With Jephro consulting Moses, somebody that Moses respected, and he consult. He said, "Look, you're doing things wrong. You're gonna burn yourself out." Moses said, "Listen to him." He says, "You know what? You're right." From that point on, he delegated. He set things in order. He gave judges and set congregations. And bring me the hard stuff. I don't need to know about. I'm gonna drink that. I don't need to know about you know the the the, the, the nickel that got stolen from you. You bring me the stuff where the situation is different. I'll deal with that. And I'm trained you enough that you can deal with the, the, with the other stuff. So that's what I'm saying. God has trained you. When we're getting on these calls and this, this stuff, we're going into training spiritually so God can train. So now when Andre's going to begin to look at something, he's going, oh, you know what? That's a little bit something different. I got to deal with this differently. I was about to sew this. I can't sew this up right now. I got to, I got to lay hands. Now, I can see him in the hospital right now. Lord, you want me to pray over this person? Because you know what I'm seeing, the guy go, mm-hmm. But God, but see, you know what? 
I can see him now. He's like, Lord, you know what? I'm going to pray over this person because I prefer for them to look at me crazy than for you to re- dis- discipline me. See, that's what I'm talking about. So God's imparting in each and every one of us, and he has an expectation for us to use that which he's given us. Going back again to the good steward. What did he say? He left him the money when they came back. Why didn't you? He didn't even tell him what to do with the money. He came back mad. He came back, okay, what did you do with what I left you? That's what Jesus said. I've given you these gifts. Why aren't you walking out on it? The scripture does not state the Lord Jesus thought or felt in his heart, nor does it say the Holy Spirit told him. It was his spirit that displayed this perfect ability. The spiritual sense in the man Jesus Christ was exceedingly pure, sensitive, and noble. Hence, his spirit detected immediately how the surrounding people questioned in their heart. He spoke to them according to what he knew. This ought to be the normal condition of every spiritual person. This ought to be the normal condition of every spiritual person. What we consider abnormal ought to be normal. Our spirit and dwelt by the Holy Spirit, is free to work, filled with the power of knowledge. It can exercise control over our whole being. Just as the human spirit of the Lord Jesus operated during this earthly pilgrimage, even so shall our spirit be activated by the indwelling spirit. That is our lesson for today. I have a question for you, Sam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Earlier today, I was listening, and it was about this woman who wrote a book called Learn How to Fail. And her thing was was that you got so many people who want to feel the pressure of pretty much pleasing the others around them by setting a task, by completing a task the way that they want them to complete it for where we have seen people have stooped to the forms of cheating, um, doing unthinkable things just to get that type of attention. And what she was saying was that we need to start teaching ourselves as well as our kids to learn how to fail. Everybody's not going to win. You're not going to get it on every time, but you will learn something for every time that you try. And if it didn't work out for you, then it should put you into a state of, okay, well, let me go in and dig deeper and see what I can do to better my chances or to better the situation. But right now you have a lot of people with disabilities as well as um, disfigurement. They have to they have to re re relearn all over again. And they can go ahead and lean on the crutch of excuse, well, hey, I don't have legs, I don't have arms. But they're not taking that on. They're looking at what they have to work with and get it to work for them. But in that it's gonna take some time of trying and trying and trying and trying again until it finally gets into Get into get into that mindset that you can do it. And through our trials and tribulations, 
we're going to go through some stuff that we don't like to, but we need to leave the, as they tell the people now, we need to leave the sugar alone because it's being um, inflammatory to our system. And work off of stuff that is going to be more building for our bodies. Comments, criticism? I just say in the learning how to fail thing, failure is only done when you don't actually learn. You know, and what is failure? I mean, everybody has a different thing of um, what they consider success. But if, when you go through something and you don't actually learn, then that's failure. So when you learn, then the next time it re- you face a situation, then you just do better. So the, so I just say something about that. Yeah, and that's the way that she was putting it because a lot of people, when they go do something, if they don't hit the mark on the first time, you do have a certain percentage that will go back and try again, but then you have some other ones that just quit. They say, well, I, couldn't do, I, I didn't get it done this time, or so-and-so told me I didn't do it right. So that just pretty much killed their their spirit. But then it has been through other people trying things different ways for a while. They came up with something that was even a better product than what they were striving to do in the first place. But we got to start looking at not failure as being an end to the means, but as steps into learning. Because if we can master that first step, we can master those other steps that comes after that as well. Comment, criticism? I just say amen. Okay. Anybody else got anything? I'm done, you know, and so I've been trying to not, and I see my son doing the same thing. He'll try it once if he tries it at all, and then he's like, uh-uh, I'm good. So I'm trying to show him a different way, so I have to make him continue trying and as I'm trying to, as I'm making him continue trying, I'm like, okay, I have to lead by example, and I have to start, you know, doing it more than just once. But I have to do it enough where either I'll accomplish what I set out to do or I'll learn how to do it a different way or something, you know. So... You're right. You have to learn from your mistakes. You have to learn from the things that don't work 
so that you can do the things so, until you find something that does work for you. You know, and I think that that also stems from dealing with my dad too, because I mean, you got to look at, you have to look at the whole your whole history sometimes because a lot of times where you, you know, um, where you give up is where it was told to you that's not good enough or, you know, or, you know, things that things were told to you that made you stop. So now you got to figure out why you stop, you know, and that's what I found out. Like, I gave, you know, you know, being told your best is not good enough made, it, made me not want to even do my best. Like, I'm not even going to try it. If I can't, if I can't succeed at it, I don't want to do it. And I found out that my dad is the same way. So, again, that goes back to that spirit, soul, body, and everything is connected type thing. So, you just got to go on the prayer. God God will show you why, you know, certain things are the way they are and why why you react to certain things the way you do. So, that's all I had. Amen. You know, but and 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 it's like okay, I'm listening to Renee, I'm listening to Felicia, and then what just came down to me is the anointing. The words that I read, Felicia had something totally different from what Renee had. What is the anointing teaching you? See, that's what I'm talking about. The anointing teaches you. I read the same words, but everybody gets a different thing. That's what we mean by the anointing teaching. Okay, and also, can we put in there, too, that because what what I may see over my area on a daily basis and what Felicia sees over in her area on a daily basis, we try to get it to apply for the areas that we see on the daily Okay, what you see and what Felicia saying, and what did you say? Okay, so like for the scenarios on on our on our daily living, won't we try to take that and look at for what we experience on the daily? You need to break that down. Okay. Um, like I said once before, for what you're going through with three um, senior citizens and uh, three adults, you're you're experiencing it one way. But for when I was dealing with the senior citizen and three kids, I was getting something else different out of it than what your situation going to you. So you're saying, well, even though the situation is a little different, but you, well, I mean, but that's, I guess that is because the situation is different 
And that's what we said. We all have our spirit and we all have our personal relationship. So what God is talking and teaching to you will be different than what God is talking, talking and teaching to me. Right. And it's for his divine purposes. What do I mean is for his divine purposes? I mean, for what God is teaching me to where he wants me to go, whom he's formed me to be. So now I'm I'm learning patience. I'm learning a whole lot of other things because of, 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 of my destiny where he's taking me to, whereas you might have had to learn how to deal with children or whatever else. I, I don't really know, but I'm just saying, again, who God formed me to be, he uses these things as instruments to instruct us uh, not only about life, but who he called us to be. But again, that's what we talk about, our personal relationship and our personal gift. Right. Because, see, like I would say, a lot of times around for some of the people that's around me, they'll, they'll complain what they look, look at to be in a hardship. And... If I come across something where it seems like it's the same thing they're going through and I don't react like they react, they get heated. And I'm like, I said, well, what you getting mad about? Well, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do that. I said, but I'm not feeling that. So where is it written that I have to act it? I have to um, react in that fashion. And so they're like, well, you're, well, you're, well, you're, you're strange. I said, well, I'll take the strange. Like I had to tell my sister, um, when my dad was in his last month, he told me that she couldn't stand to see him like that. I said, here's a novel thought. He don't like being where he is. So where is that going to stop you from coming over and, and help lift him up by doing something to help brighten his day? And I said, dear T, you got to remember, you're only 18 years away from his age. But that was something that she just didn't want to face. And one thing I will say for... Out of the out of the years of me being down here on this earth, if something comes up where the average reaction is mayhem, and I don't go into mayhem, I get looked upon as um alien. Because I try not to let it distract me to the point for where I'm losing my faith, I'm losing my belief. Instead, I'd rather go ahead and look at what's going on and try to see how I can be a positive and not a negative. Time is criticism. Nope, just amen. Amen. I got told a couple of weeks ago, Back on people, they told me that I act like I think I'm a saint. I said, I never told y'all I was a saint. But for you to make that type of remark, just let me know you're watching 
you watching everything that I'm doing. And you look at he's probably looking for me to fail. Mm-hmm. Time is Christmas. You said it all. I got it all. She was gonna say hi to you. She's raising at the screen. <laughs> say hey, Sam. Mhm. Say hi. Hi. I agree, Randy. Can I go soccer? Now she's just smiling. <laughs> now she's looking at you. Now she's looking at the phone out of what eye. Back to waving at the phone again. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Anybody else got anything? Anything going three times. All right, prayer request. Okay, back me on out the way. Smokey, Smokey. I'm going to say she's a grander, 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 Thank you, Father God. Ramboske did the Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're a bosket at the Gumboskar and that did go say she did a comprandigo sandarago sada. Hundreds get it a comprandigo did it at our Father God, we praise our name, your gosse garandaga. We glorify your randigo did it at Hada. We seek your faith. Rondo we seek your face, Father. Continue to speak to your child. Continue to instruct her. And direct her steps. Holy Spirit, empower and encourage her. Empower and encourage her. Empower and encourage her. 
Thank you, Father. Rumbus as you continue to move in her life, and you make a way, Rasa, out of nowhere, for she is truly your daughter. Rasa, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh. All right, who's next? You can pray for me next. Move it Hi Lord, let me lift up her family. Run the gospel, go fish, go fish, go fish, run the gar, run the ghost, get a combos cada, hundred scared go sede, harashed the ghost adaka, humbos get it go fish, go fish, go fish, go saga, run the gosh, go saga daka, humbos get it go some run the gosada, for a shed go sada, ha, shit go fish or ganda, for a shed go sede, humbrush get it go fish, go fish, go sa. Horombos Kirigasa, the Shelagumbasa, Hundras Kurugose, Shilagosa, Hundras Kurugose, Deke. Thank you, Father God, rendered for the anointing and the covering of the blessed God. Continue to speak to her family, run and work in them and through them, Lord. Rendergosa, let your word continue to increase, Father Rusko, the Gosa, the Gandaka, as you call the change to occur. Rendergosa, Shilagosa. Father God, yet to anoint and keep them in your presence, in your spirit of Corona. Let your words become life them. Life, life, life. We glorify you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And now we're praying for Pam. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Who's next? Father God, let me pray for Felicia. 
Kurobuski did a ghost and ran the ghost, she did a ghost and ran the ghost, she did a ghost and ran the ghost, she did a ghost of Randa, Kurobuski did a ghost and ran the ghost, she did a ghost, she did a ghost. You feel me? So you see it too. Okay, so I'm not crazy. Amen. <laughs> Father God, help this woman of God, Lord. You feel overwhelmed. You're feeling the pressure. I'm about to mess with you now. You've been evicted from your garden of happy, happy Georgia. Oh, it's just such a lovely thing. <laughs> um, no, I'm not. Okay, keep holding on to that. And you <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But this is the thing. You know, it's so funny. I was talking to Lee about this earlier. Um, I read a comic strip, and it was said, you know, they, it was like one of them comic strips was just like a picture and a few words, and these two were talking, and the guy, you know, was at a party, had a glass of wine in his hand or whatever. He said, man, I wish I could go back to the age of, what do you say, the age of, age of, Ignorance and bliss. <laughs> you know, not knowing doesn't matter. I'm doing all these things. But now as you're beginning to come into knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. See, we pray for this stuff, but now that you're beginning to come into it, you're seeing what's going on. You're seeing what what's undertaking you seeing things from a whole nother perspective and you're feeling the pressure. That's why I say you you've gotten kicked out of your your oh life is lovely you know that little that little garden thing, yeah it ain't it ain't that doggone lovely no more. Because you're experienced and it's not even the fullness of stuff, but you're beginning to experience the 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 pressure, the yokes, the, you're experiencing so much more that before you didn't have to deal with, and it's not just from an aspect of accountability, but from an aspect of you're beginning to you're beginning to physically feel that which goes on in the spiritual. And you don't like it one doggone bit. You feel the struggle. You feel the lack. You feel the hurt. See, that's what we talked about yesterday. That you really feel like he's not providing for you. You really feel that. And what did I just say? About what noisy emotions and confused mind? 
how we have to override that with our spirit. That's where you're walking. So what is my prayer going to be for you? What what in my spirit am I going to perceive that you need to be prayed for about? Do you want me to do that? I'm asking, do you want me to pray for you in that arena, in that, in that way? That's a question. I'm sorry. Uh, you got to slow down, girl. I was only doing 30 trying to go around the corner. I didn't even see the dog on the wall. Oh, yeah, it was water. You can't hit the water. I'm sorry. I'm doing the driving. She almost messed the car up. Um, That's believe. Um, hmm? I, okay, so I'm going to say this. I agree with some of what you said because what it is, and what I say I agree with some of it, it's just like the perspective is different. Like, um, it's like it's not that I didn't see it before, but now seeing it from the dimension, um, from all the dimensions and not just a one dimension of, oh, this is how life is. You know what I mean? Mm. But now understanding that, okay, we're dealing not with flesh and blood. This is really a principality of power or this is really whatever. Or this is, you know, seeing it from not just the physical aspect but the spiritual aspect. That's what is is kind of like, not kind of, that's what gives it a, the depth that makes it feel like a weight. And, and like you were saying, going back to the ignorance, if I can go back to not knowing about everything else, I'd be fine. <laughs> like, I don't try to lie. This is this is who was that? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and not knowing that the cause and effect is because I'm saying yes, and this is happening because I agreed to do this, and I think you made that tire flat. I want to check that. Um, because now it's kind of wobbly um, on my side. Um, yeah, so it's like, okay, wow, you know, and it's over, and it is overwhelming because you, you, I, you know, yeah. So, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, however you feel that to pray, I guess, would be is my answer because I I don't know. I don't know what to pray for anymore. 
I don't know how to pray for what I need because it's like I know what I need, but I don't know what I need. I mean, he has everything. Just a little Okay. I just, I don't know. But you felt it. So I'm, I know that I'm not crazy. Like, it's it's weird. Huh? It's just really weird. So, amen. So you know what to pray for, but you don't know what to pray for. Talk about that for a hot second, dear. I mean, I know, um, okay, so, like, now when I pray, you know, I pray for clarity, you know. And it's like, I get clarity on some things, but it's not the clarity that I'm looking for. It's like, oh, okay, that makes that clear, but that doesn't hit on what's going over here. And like I was I was telling um Cynthia, I said, You gotta be careful what you're praying for. Like with the job that I have now, it's like I pray for I pray for this kind of job while I'm working third shift and I'm being I'm you know, and I'm able to be home with Osiris. But then my major prayer was I wanted to have a job where I can work from home. And it's like, you know, that's the job I want, but I got this job first. So then I'm just like, okay, but the job that I want, it's like, should I wait it? But then like, I needed to have money, so it's like, okay, I got what I wanted, I needed, which was a job. So now it's like, okay, well, I got what you need, you get what I needed, I needed income. But this is a rough road. So I'm, my body, you were saying the struggle, I'm feeling it physically. And it's like, yeah, because my body is back to where it was when I was working downtown before. So everything hurts. <laughs> Walking from my house to the to the car hurts, you know. And I'm like, you know, I don't like this. What's going on? Why, you know, why am I back to where he took me from? And I was, you know, I was no, I wasn't limping, I wasn't walking stiff, but now I'm back to all of that. Plus, you know, with the with the sticks and all this other stuff. So it's like, well, what's going on? You know, I need you to help me out here. So. You know, if I may, I just ran out the library before I was finished so I could talk. <laughs> uh, first of all, I'm so sorry. Look, I'm I'm running like a fool. Right, were you finished, Felicia? Uh, Felicia, I do not want to cut you off before you're done. Yeah. Well, sister, let me just say to you like this. As a person who was walking that road, it's rough um. out here. Hold on one 
Okay, awesome. I need y'all to play with me. Seriously. I'm sorry, I'm bad. Um, I'm going to leave you to it. I'll text you a list. We need rice and oatmeal and grits. I do too. How about that? Pick me up some too. Oh, you're right. You don't need no grits. I opened two containers and both of them had grits. Okay, you're right. We're good on the grits. I think we're good. Okay. Did you hear me, Felicia? I said I need all those same things too. Pick me up some. You need some. You gonna come from the cab, Chicago Ice, to pick it up? Yeah, because I just want to see you. You take the pizza garbage. Oh, let me try to take my pizza. Okay, get my bag. Okay, I'm listening to you now. I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. So I, I feel that because I am in your position, I. Uh, you know, I understand where you're coming from. You know, I've walked that road. I'm still walking that road um, as a mother um, with children, um, you know, all that, everything. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line, and it's a squiggly road. It's not a straight road um, because, you know, we – uh-oh. Hello? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't know if you were still. Um, it's, it's like what you're asking for, what, what, what you want is like this ideal utopia, right? Never that. And Just carry it out. Oh, my Jesus. Okay. I'm listening. So what you're what you desire is is like this um, beautiful utopia, right? No. So so 
Well, because what I well maybe I misunderstood what you were saying. It sounded like you were saying you wanted to stay home with your baby, mm-hmm. and to be able to you know. And we've talked about it. You want to teach him yourself, or you know, you want to provide him with that type of environment um, where you can you know you can interact with him, and and you want him you want to be home with him. Um, but at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. you need money. Mm-hmm. Because you got to eat, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't mm-hmm. help if you don't have a home to have a, to homeschool them in. And I don't understand. Uh, you know, so you need money. You have to live and everything. Um, but then you want, you know, of course we want to have a job, a means of pulling in money that we really want. Like, you know, who wants to be doing stuff that they don't want to do all day or night or whatever? And so the the utopian part is... And this is the reason that I say that, because to have to to have a job that you really love and be able to stay home with your baby, that is utopia for you. You know, some people don't want to be at home with their kids. Some people are like, mm-mm, take your butt to school, you know. But you don't mind being at home with your baby, and that's great. That's a beautiful thing. But I call it utopia, this optimal society, this kind of nirvana, if you will, because most most people, you know, they either they go to work or they send their child to school, you know, or they stay home and then they don't have a job. So you want so from what I heard you say, you know, you want this kind of ideal situation. Am I saying that that is incorrect to desire that? No. Am I saying it's impossible? No. I'm not saying any of those things, but it is a utopian situation. You know, especially in in our in our case, especially when you're a single mom, because that's the type of stuff that married women with husbands who make a lot of money normally do. I'm telling you what I I've, I've been down this road 392 times. You know, so that's because I know I'm telling you I homeschool my children. Not all the way. I've stayed home. I've homeschooled them. I've um you know I taught my own kids. That's why they're so advanced. You know, but there was some serious sacrifices that I had to make. I had to go with it. You, I've got freaking four degrees, and I'm struggling. If I had gone the normal route, the quote normal traditional route, I would be, I'd have freaking $300,000 in my retirement right now. But because I made certain sacrifices because I wanted my children to be in a certain situation, there were some things that I had to give up. So, So what I'm saying is that, we kind of have to break down the situation and look at it and say, wow, you know, what I what I really desire, though it's not impossible, this is some, you want some upper-level type, like you want some gangster stuff, see? This is gangster living you're talking about. Like, boom, right? So, so what I'm saying is you, you there are some major sacrifices that go along with that type of, of life that you desire to live so with that major sacrifice, it's going to require, whoo, have mercy, Jesus. It's going to require a type of laser focus that you probably have yet to encounter in your life. It's going to, you're going to have to take some shots. You're going to have to have on a bulletproof vest because it's worth to, to live that kind of life. It's a good life, but you have to pay for that life. Does that, so... I don't know if I'm making any sense. I know what I'm trying to say. It's like, in, or you know, it's like people who want to be rich and be famous and be stars. 
you know, we see, you know, all the money. We see them on TV, on the videos, BET Awards, and in the movies. But they have to go through it. We don't know what they have to go through to get there. Sell their souls and, and everything else. A lot of them been homeless, you know, living in their cars for years and, you know, been messed over by the industry and everything else, gone crazy, drugs, alcohol. So, you know, we know that you're not going to have to go through that. But what I'm saying is when we ask God for something like that, for something that is such a, you know, it may not seem monumental, but it really is, um, we have to be prepared to make some sacrifices. So am I saying that, that you can't get a job that you really, really love that and everything like that, you know, to get to stay at home with Osiris? No, I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is it, it might it might be a little rough out here for a while. You might have to work the job that you hate for a while. Did you want him to come to back? Okay. I'm sorry. Did you get any of that? Yeah, I got it. No. Oh, okay. I just wanted to make sure that you understood, you know, where I was coming from with that. Alicia. Yes. Yesterday about how you feel and okay, which we need we need to discuss and be honest about how you feel that you're kinda not getting all that you need. We broke it down that's in the your emotional component but not in your spiritual component. We also talked about how God is still providing for you, but it's it's and he's using that as a tool to keep you pressing. So we're still on the same page with that. Yeah. Right. So now what you need to learn how to do is you're talking about the aches and the pains, which is real. Don't think it's not real. I mean, you're experiencing okay. it physically. I know you know it's real, but I'm saying it's real also from the spiritual arena. So now what you need to ask God to train you how to exchange your strength. You got to ask God to notice. You got to ask God, the Holy Spirit, to Mm -hmm. train you how to exchange your strength for his Because as long as you're walking in you, even the frustration and the agitation that you're experiencing, we'll, we'll experience, don't think it's going anywhere. As long as you're walking in you, it's going to manifest in your body. And it's the that, that is my... I guess because I I don't give like all the details because it's just like all the details don't matter. Hey know? babe, let me say something. You don't have to tell me all the details. Trust and believe. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay, so, so I, yeah, you got I know. Why? Why you so think I started jokingly calling you Israel? I, I was doing that for a reason. So it's like as long as I was 
And this is and this is this is this is what's tripping me out. As long as I was unemployed and I was studying and I was doing everything else here at home. That was with homeschooling him, focusing on him, focusing on, you know, trying to do the the business and the ministry of the Bible study and all that stuff. I was fine. Like, I felt my strength being built back up. You know, I wasn't walking with a limp as much. And everything, everything was cool, you know. Um, but it's like, but since I've been working, and this has only been three weeks, I went from a normal, like almost, almost a normal stride back to, like every step is a struggle. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Lord, so are you trying to tell me that I'm out of order? Nope. Am I, did I miss something? You know, because it's like, okay, so I'm looking at I'm looking at the whole situation and I'm like, was I supposed to be waiting on something else? Okay, now I want right. to be there for a purpose, a reason. And uh-huh. I want to stop you right there for a reason. Okay. That's the utopia that Lisa was talking about. You didn't see it in that form, but that because I shouldn't be experiencing this and that. Am I out of, and we all do that, but I, I needed you to understand that's the utopia that Lisa was talking about. But the thing is, though, with, with, with the way... I've been seeing it, so maybe I'm looking at it from a different um, perspective. Um, I feel as long as I was going in with with me, as long as I was moving in the direction that God was leading me, I'm not saying it was utopia, but I felt covered. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like I'm not covered. Like I missed something Mm-mm. in this in 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 a choice I've made. Okay, stop I, mean, you again. I, I need you to stop again. Okay. This is what we, this is this is what needs to be broken. See, that's that fantasy. That's why I say reality and natural. You're not missing it. What have I told? Do you notice when I consistently pray for you? Your pace, the next level. This is what we have to be real. You can't take care of your household by sitting on your butt. You're not missing God by trying to be a provider. You have to learn how to incorporate what you're doing as well as with the Word of God. That's where the the diversification, and that's why you see me walking around doing all the different things, but yet I'm still doing a prayer call. This is the level God has been trying to get you to for the longest. You want to go back to that. You're not missing God, but you got to bring God with you, which means you're going to have to apply and press harder. 
you're not missing God. See, I, I told you, and I'll constantly tell you the next level, the pay, because I've been recognizing, girl, you got to get up and up level. You got to get it up another level. He's been telling you, you got to get it up another level. Even when you had that little thing about, think about that time when you texted me and Erica about driving a car. Yeah. Should I not drive or should I drive? You got to drive it in faith. This is this is see this again. This is where we we want to where we and we, when I be talking about you know sitting down. That's all nice and well, but in reality, that's not paying your bills and just not take providing for your household. And what did you say? It ain't about you. It's about your children and everybody else that's up underneath you. That but see that's that hard part that we struggle with. And then but then we have to go back look at Paul, look at Jesus. Paul was a tent maker because he looked, I, yeah. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.